In Southeast Agnet's Ag and Review for the week ending August 14th, when the House and Senate return in September, there'll be a number of orders of business they will need to focus on. Reese Langley, Vice President of Washington Operations for the National Cotton Council, shares what the Council anticipates when Congress returns. What we expect to happen in September is for the House and Senate to pass a short-term continuing resolution, which essentially continues to fund the government at current levels on a short-term basis, while the House and Senate determine how to figure out a longer-term funding package, which we expect will be what's called an omnibus bill, which wraps all of the appropriations bills into one large package and tries to move that through the House and Senate later this year, which will then provide the funding for the remainder of the new fiscal year. Plus, Langley says there are a variety of other items they'll need to deal with concerning agriculture. Other things we will be looking at in September and going forward are several ag-related bills that have already moved through the House this year, but we expect the Senate to consider those starting in September. And these include a reauthorization of the Commodity Futures Trading Commission, action on a food labeling bill that deals with GMO and non-GMO products, and then also a bill to either repeal or to make voluntary country of origin labeling. So we expect the Senate to take action on all three of these bills in September and moving through the fall. Well, in this week's peanut crop report, Tyron Spearman notes the peanut harvest is already underway in some areas. Well, Ag Statistics Service is reporting this week that the Alabama peanut crop is about 84% pegging. Norman is at 82. The soil moisture, though, is down a little bit. 6% very short, 34 short, 55 adequate, and 5% surplus. They rated their crop 2% poor, 14 fair, 67 good, and 17 excellent. Georgia overall, they said, had a lot of uh, dry weather spots hurting the peanuts. Peanuts and cotton on dryland areas were hurting, irrigated, and where they've had showers look very good. Peanuts pegging at 97%. They said the crop conditions in Georgia, 4% poor, 20% fair, 53 good, and 23% excellent. Overall, they said Florida was at 97% pegging, but at Williston, Florida, they're underway with harvesting. Uh, they brought in several loads this week, and if the rain would stop, they'd be getting more peanuts that are ready and grading well and yielding well. Crop conditions in Florida, 12% fair, 67 good, 21% excellent as the peanut harvest has begun. Checking the calendar for this coming week, we're showing that this weekend there will be a big peanut festival over in Georgia, in Brooklyn, Georgia, right out of Savannah. The North Florida Peanut Field Day will be held the 20th of August. That's next Thursday. North Florida Research and Education Center in Mariana, Florida. Registration starts at 8 a.m. Field tours start at 8.30. There will be a complimentary lunch. Topics include new varieties, disease, and nematode control, weed control, and crop rotation. Alabama Crops Field Day will be in Headland on August the 21st. Mark your calendar on that Friday. It'll be in Wiregrass Research and Extension Center. Registration starts at 8 o'clock. Field tours start at 8.45. You need to call them if you plan to be there so they can have lunch for you. And then the Fall Extension Field Day in West Florida will be in Jay, Florida on August the 27th. I'm Tyron Spearman for Southeast Agnet. Kathy Isom tells us about the scientific breakthrough on peanuts and why it could mean the popular snack could be consumed by even those who were once allergic. 
Research underway at A&T University in North Carolina has focused on finding allergens in the proteins of peanuts. They are at least 15 specific proteins that are allergenic. Jian Mei Yu is one of the scientists who performed a food-grade enzyme treatment on the peanuts, which resulted in reducing two of the allergens by 98 percent, and allergens on a third protein reduced by 60 percent. Research is still ongoing, and because they haven't been able to completely remove all of the allergens in peanuts, those who are very sensitive and have extremely severe reactions to peanuts may still need to be very cautious. Still, the research is advanced enough for A&T University President Harold Martin. This research has produced the university's newest spinoff company, Allergen Bio, which is now marketing hyperallergenic peanut technology for food companies. The A&T research team also plans to continue their allergen-reducing processes on soy, wheat, and tree nuts. I'm Kathy Isom, Southeast Agnet. Ever Griner talked this week about kudzu. Whatever happened to kudzu? I haven't read or heard anything about a concentrated effort to eradicate kudzu, but I'm seeing a lot less of it than I used to. The Southeast was always the land of kudzu. Originally brought from the Orient to be grown as cow feed, it flopped when cows refused to eat it. But it overwhelmed parts of the Southeast. At its worst, we had nothing to kill it. So it spread and spread and spread. Farmers fought with everything they had, which was mostly a plow and fire in the wintertime. Nothing worked. From North Carolina to Florida, in the coastal plain and the Piedmont regions, kudzu could not be stopped. Just controlling it was an impossible task. Now I don't see it like I used to. I don't know why, but whoever and whatever, I'm glad. And that's Ag Review for today. Everett Griner, Southeast Agnet. And to wrap up this week's podcast, each year, Southeast Agnet's parent company, Agnet Media, hosts a big event in Fort Myers, Florida called Citrus Expo. And this year's event is coming up August 19th and 20th. Agnet Media founder and president Gary Cooper says a lot of changes have taken place since taking this over 10 years ago. When we took this thing over back in 2006 as our first show, it was uh, more of a regional show, and we recognized quickly that if it needed to go to a, a bigger venue with a statewide grower event, and, and it's grown beyond that because the citrus community globally is dealing with a lot of the same issues with HLB and other production issues. So we uh, traditionally get six or eight different countries at least represented that fly in for the show as well. So it's really become a an industry-wide event for the professional growers. And, and again, we're just looking forward to another good show and, and put on a good uh, couple of days for them. Cooper says there will be over 170 exhibitors in the sold-out trade show, and various topics concerning greening and other issues will be discussed during the seminar sessions. And we continue to target that. Uh, if you're making decisions in the grove, uh, if you own those groves, if you're part of the, the research community that's, that's helping to, to learn how to take care of these groves, this show is for you. It's not for the backyard grower. It is not open to the public. It's a professional citrus program, but uh, we, we try to target it that way. And it's not for the labor in the groves, the truck drivers and the others. It's for the decision makers to come to the vendors and do business while there. Uh, these vendors pay for this show to be there and be all in one place for the convenience of the growers. So we feel like we've got a really good event planned once again for the 24th annual and the 10th annual under Agnet's ownership. But again, we're after the decision makers in Florida Groves and Florida Citrus Production. So we look forward to seeing everyone there. Get all the details at citrusexpo.net. You can hear those reports and more from this past week at our website, southeastagnet.com. Randall Wiseman, Southeast Agnet.